Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Vineyard Collective Podcast. My name is Samuel. I'm one of your hosts. And today I've got an amazing friend, a little bit of a mentor lately, Tom Campion. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Tom, tell us a little bit about you. You're a psychologist. Your father by night is what you said earlier. <laughs> psychologist by day, father by night. But tell us a little bit about you. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm a native to Central Illinois. Grew up here. Um, actually, my kids are third generation to the Vineyard Church here. Which is so, amazing. Yeah, which is cool for them. That's goals for me. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, it's really awesome. Never thought that. Yeah. Um, never really planned that. It's just kind of how it's worked out. And it's been wonderful. Yeah. To be able to do that. Uh, I went away to the out East Coast for school, but uh, when uh, my wife Sherry and I came back in 2000, we, you know, we were trying a lot of different churches, but you know, Vineyard was the home, and we just looked at each other and say, "Let's do it." Yeah. And uh, it's been our home since. Uh, and all of our kids come up through that. Kids baptized in that. So yeah. it's been, it's been. I really, love it. Really nice to be the local guy, local to church. Um, it's uh, of course I met my wife out out east, and yeah. uh, and she goes, "You got a southern accent." I said, <laughs> I said "What are you talking about?" And I, yeah, and I'll do some work around the country. Say, "Yeah, you sound like you had a southern accent." And I said, "What do you mean by that?" Said, <laughs> she goes, "Well, you have a you have friends named Ben and Ken." <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ben. You mean Ben and yeah, Ken? Ben and Ken. <laughs> yeah, Ben and Ken. And, uh, and so people say it sounds really refined, like a southern. No, it's Illinois Hick. It's yeah, all central Illinois. Hick. It's from the cornfields. It's got. There's. We grew up in the cornfields. Is what we sound like. <laughs> That's right. So it is nothing refined about it. It's just central Illinois. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it's. Uh, <clears throat> it's been nice being able to. Um, be a part of the community, be part of Central Illinois here, um, help out whenever way I can. And so anytime yeah. I sit down and talk like this, I'm excited about it. So Yeah, absolutely. It. And you're one that I've noticed likes to have fun. I mean, we just had coffee like a week or so ago and we were laughing a lot. Yes. So what are some, what are some funny podcast appropriate <laughs> stories of either kids or family trips mm-hmm. or anything like that that you're willing to tell that your kids won't get mad about? Or your family. <laughs> it was probably more of my uh, humor style. I, uh, I was a camp counselor, and I found that the 11 and 12-year-old kid was like the best for me. And I finally realized that's my humor style. It doesn't go okay. more than early junior high. So that's, so, that's, yeah. that's where you're, you're thriving. As your I kids thrive. turn 11 and, and 12, that, you're I the coolest. I can get rolling. They're laughing. Like I have uh, my youngest, Silas, right now. He's 11, and we just have a great time. He laughs all my jokes. He just thinks it's the funniest. And uh, as they get older, they start rolling their eyes. Yeah. And so I realized. So Costin's probably at this level, who's one of the oldest. You've got hold as well. Yeah. They're probably like, oh, gosh, dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they'll jump in. Sometimes yeah. they'll jump in. So I find that uh, my humor style is becoming more of that, uh, that silly, young yeah. style. It just kind of flows. And, yeah. And uh, so I mean, like Jim Carrey humor stuff. It's just okay. Like, oh, yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think that, though, like, I think you're modeling to your kids. So as an adult, it's okay to have fun. I think there's like this idea, like as youth, that like the older you get, the more serious or mature you become. But I think like you're keeping it like childlike. Like yes. we can still have fun. And I think that's huge. So one of the things that I've noticed, Tom, with this pandemic going on, political election, is Biden president? Is he not? Is Trump president? Is he not? Kind of a thing. One of the things that I've heard a lot of people say is like anxiety and depression are like ramping up for them. And I'm finding it to become like a normal for high schoolers and for middle schoolers. Like, it's almost like if you're not, you're weird. Can you speak into that? Like someone who is a psychologist, someone who's dealt with people um, who have mental health issues or you're helping them walk through stuff. What are some things that you feel like are happening in today's society? But you also are very prophetic as well. So like maybe come at it from like the practical side and then also the prophetic side of like speaking into mental health in the current climate that we're in. 
Well, it's uh, it's something, especially for kids, reaching their level. Yeah, you know, especially like the politics you're talking about. It's it's reaching their level. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's been like that in the past, but I think it's way more now. Yeah, uh, a lot more conversations around the house just with. Uh, children uh, from even junior high, middle school to high school, yeah. very interested in what's going on politically. Yeah, it's it's drawn in yep. into that. Uh, it's also drawn in the hype, the anxiety. It's mm-hmm. kind of a and this has been a little bit of the hard side. It's been kind of a do or die on both sides. And wow. so there's just kind of this pitch. Yeah, that comes out of that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And uh, the reality of hey, you know, life can goes on. Life goes mm-hmm. on. Right. Okay. Life goes on. After. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's <laughs> but it huge. Turns into yeah. this Do or die kind of make right, it happen. Right. Or don't make yeah, it yeah, happen. Like, it's like, hey, right now. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dial's at 10. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it, if, if there's a weak link in your emotional chain in some capacity, yeah. going, this is going to find it. Yeah. You'll find it. You know, yeah. that kind of angst, that kind of intensity yeah. it brings out the worry, it can bring out the fear on top of everything else we're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, and so, just like with adults, kids are experiencing very similar stuff. Yeah. And, and from what I see, like, just as youth, is like, for some reason, it's like you have like anxiety and shame, but you, or uh, depression, but you also have shame attached to it. Mm. Like one of the things that we've been dealing with is a lot of students feel shame that like their relationship with the Lord isn't as good as it should be, which, okay. But like speaking to that, like with shame, when it comes to students, like what's some things that like they can do mentally or, or prepare themselves for like, so they don't live a life of shame of like, I'm not doing good enough kind of a thing or then all of a sudden depression, like I'm worse, I'm a horrible human. What are some things that you can say practically are just beneficial to do for all of us in this season? You know, it's it, it's a walking into this uh, growing and developing and mm-hmm. managing life at a new level. It's kind of like yeah. you don't know what you don't know. And right. So as you come in through adolescence, like, yeah. mom, dad, you're out of touch. Mom, yeah, dad, right. you don't know what's going you're on. You're not a vibe anymore. Right. You, know? you don't know what's happening right now. And uh, and so there's this reality yeah. that, that happens yeah. Um, going through that. And so there's this newness that occurs. There's this new experiences that occur. How do I handle those? What do yeah. I do with that? Where do I get the information? Who do I try to like my peers? Do yeah. I go to my out of touch parents? Yeah. Do I have a youth pastor? Right. What, right. Do, what do I do to start collecting information? Yeah. And I think staying in a position of trying to learn and know. Yeah. Instead of I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that, that's huge. It's really tough. Just like when you think you've got something, everyone else's opinion or perspective doesn't matter. It's like all of a sudden it's become invalid. So I think one of the things that I, I struggle with is always listening to outside perspectives. Like it's sometimes like, you don't know because you're not close. Like you use it like, you're not close, so you can't see. But when it comes to students, I think it's so easy to just turn to our phones as our perspective. What is that doing to us? The more often that we turn to our phones and to the snapshots on Instagram of people's lives, what is that creating in us that maybe shouldn't be created? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the search for answers. I, I, you know, people ask me all the time, what, what, do you, what, what should we do? What's the do? What's the to do in this? What's the three-step what's, model? Yeah, what's yeah. the three-step model? What, what's, as, you know, I'm a perspective guy. I'm a guy yeah. who really understands, say, what's the big picture? Yeah. It's the, it's the elevated advantage point. How do yeah. you get, it's like doing a corn maze. They have right. little stands. So you and go they're all through, making sure you don't yeah, get lost. Yeah, right. You go up the stand. Why do you go right. up the stand? So you can look around and yeah. see. Now you go back down and you yep. re-engage. Well, we got to kind of teach, uh, I think, kids to do that at times. That's so good. And we have to teach ourselves to do that sometimes. Yeah. Hey, let's pause. Mm-hmm. Let's find the ladder. Let's climb up. Let's yeah. look around. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, What's the absolutely. big picture? Now let's re-engage. Yeah. And that could be... You know, our relationship with God, mm-hmm. it could be a relationship with ourselves, relationship with school, relationship yeah. with politics. It right. could be a number of things. 
if we lose, if we miss that big yeah. picture perspective, man, we're stumbling on the details. Yeah, totally. And I think that leads into kind of the meat of the podcast, which is I'm going to call it parenting in the pandemic, which none of us have done this, <laughs> you know, but what you just said about getting that elevated perspective um, and then getting back in the corn maze, I think parents need to realize it's okay to like get the elevated perspective. So parenting in a pandemic has been tough for a lot of parents. Um, I've heard from parents and from youth and students and kids like kids like my parents are just not in the house. Like they're, they're home, but they're checked out. Or parents are like I get home, my kid is running crazy through the house and it's worse than ever. So parenting in a pandemic, I feel like I can sit back and look at your kids and go, wow, like Lainey's awesome. Grayson's awesome. Like Lainey still won't let me pay her for babysitting. She's like, absolutely not. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but I see the, the, mm -hmm. the model that you're, you're creating of like, we're going to have conversations about things, especially the hard stuff. And so what are some things that like parents are going through that you think, and then maybe you've got perspective on um, with their kids and parenting in the middle of a pandemic? Well, that's some perspectives that I think are really helpful. And, uh, and this, I've had to remind myself this and tell, say, here's the thing. Your children will live longer outside your house than in your house. Wow. I mean, that's just a surreality. It's supposed to work that way. That's good, right? That's good. <laughs> Richard, Richard, they're like, okay, Dan. <laughs> but here's the thing. If I miss that perspective, then I'm yeah. going to miss out on the value of the time together. Yeah. I'm going to miss out on that. If mm. I realize, you know what, here's the thing. They're not going to be around. Right. In here. Yeah. Under this roof where I know they're at. Right. I know they're sleeping. Yeah. I know they're waiting. You know, they're safe. Yeah, they're yeah, safe. yeah, yeah. They're going to be out doing doing life. Yeah. Way more longer yeah. than here. And so we look at that differently. So as parents, yeah. we'll start, well, we, we're going to be more interested in our time together, more interested in conversations, yeah. you know, more interested in what's happening mm -hmm. in that. If I just start to work from that, yeah. work from that uh, perspective. I think also, too, sometimes as adults, we get sucked into the details. Mm. And we get sucked into Tom, you're preaching right you now. Know, we, get, we get sucked into the nuances, the yeah. social media stuff, and yeah. it draws us out of the big picture perspective. Right. Like I was saying earlier, life continues to move forward. Yeah. Life continues to go on. Yeah. You know, and that's a big picture perspective yeah. to help kind of take that dial from 10 and kind of move it down yeah. a little bit to realize, you know what? Absolutely. Yeah, we can we'll still we'll still keep going. Yeah. And that's still very helpful. But even with parenting with the kids right now, about uh, we were just talking earlier about the kids and athletics being pushed on yeah. and, and moved on. And that's a lot of loss. Yeah. I think it, I think through. people don't think it is a big loss. Like it's all oh, sports you'll get next season. But like, mm -hmm. we we're just talking like seniors don't have next season. Some baseball, two yeah. seasons already gone. Yeah. So what are some of the things that like, like you're, you're pushing into that? Like, like athletics is a huge thing for students, like especially with parents who mm -hmm. maybe have students in athlete athletic programs or a band or something. What's some ways that they can communicate and connect with their, their kids during this moment? Uh, well, there's two experiences happening. One okay. experience is the parents' understanding yeah. of the loss. Yeah. Like for me, I really understand the loss of missing maybe a football season. Right. Because I went through it. Yeah. You know, I could only imagine not having my senior year of football. Right. I right. could only right. I mean, right. Because I went through it. Yeah. Yeah. But for them, they don't know. Yeah. They know there's a loss. The world is ending they right now. They know there's a difference. They yeah. know something's going on, but not the level that maybe parents. So parents' perspective of yeah. loss on the child, we've got to be very careful. Yeah. And to really walk the child through what are you experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily, man, I feel sorry for Right, you, right, right. I remember those yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> No, what are you experiencing? Yeah, yeah. So I can walk alongside with what yeah. you're dealing with. Yeah. Because it isn't new. Nobody's got a plan for this. No, they always got a plan on how to handle this or how right. to walk through that. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of what I call first world grief through 
okay. this. Yeah, press into that. I want to hear more know, about that. Well, it's just loss. There's yeah. just loss everywhere. You know, yeah. loss of you name it. There's things have ch- changed and shifted because of loss yeah. uh, through all this time, which is really hard. It's really tiring. Yeah, having conversations already today about. Uh, uh, COVID fatigue. Okay? Wow. It's just this idea yeah. of what this grind has been doing on uh, another decision that needs to be made, another pivot that needs to be made. What are we doing? Yeah. There's another loss that we're experiencing, yeah. another change that's shifting, and people are just getting really tired. Yeah. Uh, you know, tired in those yeah. moments. Uh, and and working from a perspective of how do we, you know, how do we do this together right. and try to be in there with the kids and what they're dealing with because as adults, we're dealing with it too. Yeah. One of the things that you said when we were having coffee that, I had a moment with Cadence where Cadence was just, I don't know what was going on. Someone asked me like, so what happened to him? Like, she's four. I don't want to tell you. She's acting crazy and wild. And she was like trying to express to me her frustrations. And in the back of my head, I heard you say, I heard you say from our coffee, like, well, if we keep wishful thinking that they just get older, eventually they're not in our house anymore. (laughs) And so I sat there and I was like, Cadence, what's wrong? She's like, I don't know. I just think I want to play. I'm like, all of this for <laughs> to say that, but I think that whole, can you bring out that concept that you're talking about? Like wishful thinking, like, Oh, I should wish they're older. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just wish they understand. I wish they're like, and all of a sudden they're not in the house. Can you explain that kind of what we talked about with that? Well, I think people wish away a lot of their life. Yeah. They wish away a lot of things. Uh, there is a movie out by Adam Sandler called uh, click. Okay. Yeah. I, see I don't that. know how age appropriate. Yeah. I remember it. <laughs> we're not going to say we're going to endorse that right now, but check with your parents if you're watching. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But the idea of the movie is exactly that. He yeah. gets a magical remote yeah. and he clicks through what he thought was adversity in life first. Right. And then next thing you know, he was doing more clicks and yeah. next thing you know, he zapped all through life. Yeah. You know? And so when we step back from that, we realize I got to be very careful of yeah. wishing life away. Yeah. You know, because it happens very subtly, especially when kids are young, we're pulling our hair out or at least what's left. You know, right. you're, like, you're, like thinking, <laughs> you're like thinking to yourself, Oh, I can't wait till they're four. Yeah. You know, oh, I can't wait till, you know, they go to school I, or whatever. They go to yeah. school, they can tie their shoes. I can't yeah. wait. Till, I don't have to feed them anymore. You know, yeah. all this stuff that we start realizing that it's, it's part of the, yeah. uh, I think the, the experience of life. We don't realize yeah. it, but we're like, we're, we're wishing away. People wish things all the way to retirement. They'll say things like, right. I can't wait till I retire. Yeah. And then you're retired and you're like, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know where to go from here. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One thing that we also talked about, which I thought was just so the perspective you gave, I don't think I've heard other people talk about it, about parenting your kids that it first starts off authoritative and then there's relationship at the end when they get out of the house and have their own kids. And it kind of like levels out at some point. Can you talk about that idea that you had with that, like that perspective? Because I think in this pandemic, it's easy to instantly just slip into one extreme or the other, mm-hmm. where like you're so authoritative where your your kid just hates you. Like, honestly, like, like everything I do, you're mad at me or you're frustrated. Or there's one where you have so much relationship that like they actually have no structure to their day. They have no structure to their life because they don't understand like, oh, I just can't do whatever I want kind Absolutely. of a thing. So can you speak in that? Because that was super profound. Well, it goes back to what we were saying with um, uh, students in high school. How do you walk through this loss with them? Is that yeah. you're really walking it through, trying to engage it from their perspective of mm-hmm. really what's going on with you? Because as parents, we remember it. We remember it. Yeah. But what is it like for you? And that's a very relational yeah. exchange yeah. of trying to understand. And to me, this is the the part of uh, parenting that can uh, get missed, mm-hmm. uh, particularly as they get older. And what does it mean to walk through life together? It's not walking through it perfectly. Right. It's not and that's perfection. key, I think. Absolutely. No perfection is, is involved. It's how do we walk it through together and figure yeah. it out? So good. Because that's what's going to last yeah. as time goes on. So how do we figure this out together? 
Uh, now we try to keep it from as many issues from popping up as possible. Right. But how do we walk through it together? Right. It's a big deal. Because when they're young, I, you know, I talk about the authority. When they're young, mm. it's do, don't, yes, no. Right. You know, come right. and go. You just there's just that kind of directive. Yeah. It's just what you do. It's what has to happen. But as they get older, the relational side starts coming up. What mm-hmm. is that relational side? Is that it's the exchange yeah. of, you know, what's going on, how's it going with you? And mm-hmm. you start seeing that in middle school, more in high school. Right. And then they get older. The authoritative starts to go out of, right. out of the picture because like you got no control. Yeah, like when you're at like when they're thirty, you can't be telling them like do this. Like I don't no. have to listen to you, <laughs> you know, at this point. Yeah. It, it starts going like it's like this. Yeah. Now you're in this relational space. Yeah, where it's it's hey, you know what? This might be the best way to think of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? So so with that, so primary, like, so with Holt or Costin, they both are out of high school and college. As that relationship has grown, is it because you've kind of balanced that that like they still let you speak into things? So I think the idea like with authority is like parents think I want to still speak into my kid's life. But I think the, I, they think that if relationship grows and I just have lost all equity, I can't speak in. But authority and I think speaking in someone's life are two different things. Like authority is like you follow what I say. Speaking is just what you just said. I can suggest or maybe this is my perspective. Mm-hmm. How can we make sure we don't just get those out of balance? Like where we're all authoritative all the time. Or we're so relational that the kids are just running like chickens with their heads cut off and they don't know what to do. How can we kind of figure out which one we lie in and how to kind of co-balance and co-parent together with people? Well, the authoritative is a sense I have control. And when you're younger, you do have uh, younger kids. You, as a parent, you do have control. Yeah. You got clear control. So like with Caden, she's four. Yeah, you got clear control. You got yeah. clear control of what she wears, yep. what she eats, where right. she goes, what she has her seatbelt on or not. Right. You got complete control over that. Yeah, yeah. Not using her cell phone while she's driving. Right. You got complete control right. over that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Cadence, you better not be driving. <laughs> but what happens is they get older, we yeah. start to realize my control is decreasing mm. and what parents will do is they'll try to hold on to that so they overcompensate, they overcompensate with that for okay. something they've got zero ability in okay you wow know? and so what happens is i don't have that control anymore so what do i do i have relational equity yeah that i have with uh, with our children we say we relate to relate hey here's the thing you may want to think about here's yeah. the thing that could be helpful to you all right that didn't work out so what are we going to do different next time what's the goal right. what's the plan and that's that ends up being that relational side yeah. of that but yeah. i realize i have i don't the control is yeah I think one of the things that like I heard growing up is like, you represent our family, like this big, like mantra, of, like in the warden house. You're... And I almost feel like it crippled me to like even make any decision. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the right decision? Right. How do you empower, especially in the middle of a pandemic and especially in the middle of um, political crisis, things that are going on where there's a lot of arguing and how do we encourage our students, our kids as parents to encourage, to make a decision and whether it's right or wrong, we'll figure it out together. What are some things that hinder parents from being able to say that? Like, I trust you to make a decision. And then, like you said, well, that didn't work out this time. Mm -hmm. So what are some things like for parents internally that we might need to deal with in stuff like that? Uh, shaming, shaming parenting is really hard, really rough. Actually, some cultures, uh, you, you know, it's, you think of some of the, some of um, uh, other cultures will say, don't bring shame on the family. They'll yeah. have this really strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't bring shame against our name. That's right. Yeah. It's real side of that. And it's, uh, uh, that's really, it's really tough. It's really yeah. tough on that um, uh, to, to, to work in that, in, mm-hmm. that, in that framework. What does that do to someone when that, that 
like mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, like when it's like, don't bring shame on our family. Don't. Oh, you felt it. You say, you know, you, yeah. you felt it. So I was like, yeah, you just don't. I didn't know what to do. Is that how most people can respond? Yes. Of like, I don't have the power to actually make a decision. Yeah, it's basically, don't embarrass us. Okay. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> don't do something stupid. Come on. Right. <laughs> you know? Don't embarrass us. But that's really hard. So, how have you gotten past that though, as a parent? Like, because I'm sure Holt, Cost, and Laney, Grace, and Taylor, and Silas. They've all probably at some point embarrassed you where you're kind of like, what are you thinking? But how have you navigated that? Because I've never heard them once be like, yeah, my dad was so disappointed or upset me. I just didn't know what to do. Like, how have you kind of navigated that? Well, it's the idea between is are we expecting perfection? Mm. You know, yeah, there's some honor in, you know, being, you know, hey, this is we want to be a leader and we want to be straightforward and we want to do that stuff. But the reality is it's not about perfection. Yeah. Okay. That's what's huge. Because I think if we start realizing life is on a tightrope, we get real nervous. Right. You know, but when we realize, and we see this with God, the grace gives us a really pretty big margin. Yeah. And uh, and so when we have that, where there's a lot more freedom in yeah. that. And so it's not about perfection. Right. That's the big one. And to say, don't put shame on the family is right. a perfection thing. Yeah. Got to be just right. So got to be just right. Yeah. Uh, social media will do that outside of parenting. You got to look just right. You got to have yep. this. You got to have that. And so there's a lot of that pressure that goes on to doing life on a certain tightrope. So it's almost like we're reinforcing when we say it as parents, we're reinforcing the world's narrative for students already. Mm-hmm. Like for our kids, like you've got to be perfect. You've got to look right. You've got to have this. And we might not try to be, we're trying to be like, I think the idea is like, we want you to be awesome. But what we're hearing is like, just don't screw it up kind of a thing. And so I think one of the biggest things that I'm seeing like parenting. So how I, my, my mind worked is I go from parenting to like the church community, to the global church. And you've got a, I think you've got a pretty powerful voice in our vineyard movement. Um, you've done a lot of podcasts with um, Phil Strout and some other people. And so as a church community, as a global movement or church, what do you kind of see God doing in the midst of all that's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think you bring such a unique perspective of not only are you prophetic and a father and, and engaged with your local church, but like you are a psychologist. So you're also kind of like what probably watching, like how are things playing out? What do you see God doing in that kind of a realm? Well, I think I see see God working in uh, desperation, and that's a big wow. one. You know, there's a lot of desperation. Explain that. Explain that. There's just a lot of hurt. There's a lot of struggles. There's, uh, you know, I was hearing stories already today of things happening where people weren't able to get supplies and churches show up and help. There was time, mm-hmm. you know, and or uh, helping students on campuses that, yeah. that couldn't get to because of quarantine and churches stepping up and doing a lot of giving and yeah. outreach and really being... Yeah. Uh, a place for for help, mm. uh, help in that. I think there's been uh, emotional desperation. Yeah. What do I do? And uh, churches trying to connect and outreach people and literally pack up the uh, baptism tub right, and right. go to houses right, and right, say, right, we're going right. to do this right yeah, yeah. here and right now. And so I think that's really cool. But I think a bigger part that we're realizing that I'm seeing yeah. is the need for human contact. Is, wow. Is, you know, I think even if Zoom came up with a hologram system, yeah, right. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be kind of lit. I mean, they do yeah. that in Star Wars. Yeah, so like, maybe. I'm assuming there's a possibility it could happen. Sit around the you know table with all these holograms. We just know? have yeah. Mike and Julie hopping right here like, hey, guys. That's right. I don't know. I, I don't know if that still would yeah. satisfy the need for yeah. being in a relationship or even the need for corporate church of wow. coming together and having that and, and realizing yeah. the significance of that yeah. uh, for folks and people realize, man, that's a big deal. I'm, I'm hearing people being part of churches where the windows are way open and cold blowing in and they're yeah. doing all this stuff just so that we can just be so together. Just so they can meet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we can be together. And, and I think, I think the idea, 
So I love online stuff. Like I love creating content. I, I, I just enjoy it. But what I'm, I'm starting to notice is like, there can be online fatigue already. Like, I think we think more videos, more content, more this. And I love this podcast because it's conversations like this, I think are beneficial. Mm -hmm. But I think the idea is like, yes, online is a community. Yes. And I agree it is. But God created us in community in person. And what you're talking about, that human touch, there's been such a gap that I've literally watched people not know how to talk to people. Like they're like, uh, hi, hi. Shake. yeah, they're like trying to dab up or hug. They're like, I don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> and with that, like God created us to have human contact, have human interaction. In the middle of this, as church members, as believers, how can we kind of steward that? Or maybe like, what are some things that we can do so we don't lose that? Because mm -hmm. um, I think, well, you can FaceTime people, it's still not in person. No. So what are some no. ways that we can get plugged in? Because yeah, it's I think really it's struggling. huge. It's really struggling. I've <clears throat> been working with the addiction community, really struggling just having AA groups and the power of having these groups where people come together, um, celebrate recovery groups. You yeah. have these groups that just uh, are like divorce care groups, mm -hmm. or you have these these groups that really were supporting each other. And yeah. What it means not to have that right now or access to those some of those things right now is really yeah. has really been tough. Let alone uh, corporate church of just getting yeah. together and doing that and the, and the power of that. And I think what happens people realize what that is and the importance mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. You know, it's huge. I think a lot, I think what I'm seeing is like a lot of people want to do either or. And in the vineyard, we always say it's both and. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where we're at with like online content and in-person interaction. Like I hear people like the next future of the church is only online. I'm like, that goes against God's original design. So I don't know if that's true, but no, it, it helps. So. It reaches people when you can't be here. It reaches people who maybe can't drive here or need to stay home during because of a health risk or something. But I think it's the both end of like, we actually need both to accomplish things. Yeah, I think just of course, from the psychology side of things, I'm probably more preference of the human than the, yeah. than the technology. Right. Maybe that's you, not a Gen you, you know more about that than I ever would though, so. <laughs> maybe I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a Gen X guy, so maybe, you know, the, the, the millennials and the Gen Zs are more the, you know, those, uh, but it's, I, it, I, I, I just think it, see it that way. But what about the human interaction? What does that do for someone? Like, what does that do? Because I think um, parents, like you, people always say, it takes a village to raise your kid. Like, I expect if Cadence is at your house and she's acting crazy, you'd be like, hey, Cadence, we cannot do that. Not be like, eh, she'll be fine, you know? I think what's happening is like, we don't have that human interaction. So what is that doing to us on a psychological level, on a mental stream? What is that actually doing to us as humans? I think it's taken away a resource. That's okay. a typical resource that we would rely on and didn't realize how helpful it was until it's taken away or wow. stops, you know? It's, it's like almost we took advantage of it. Yeah, it's, we didn't realize what, what was going on until, like, yeah. oh, I feel like I'm missing something here. Yeah. I'm feeling to connect. You know, I talked to uh, my kids about even just going to the youth programs, and they just love it. They love having this connection. Uh, um, Laney and Grayson are doing a, a, a group with other students in schooling, and yeah. uh, Laney prefers that than being in the school. I mean, there's just there's just and, and it's all it's all connection yeah. to yeah, what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's just total connection. Wow, is it withdraws them in, and even with adolescents, you know this in student ministry is they just give them a place to hang out, give them a place to do stuff together, well, and they that's and that's what's crazy. Like so, when we first started coming back in, we had people sign up to make sure we were following protocols, but like I had no agenda. I just asked students, students, what do you need? They're like, we just want to see humans. Yeah. And it broke that myth, I think, of like, they're only glued to their phones. Mm -hmm. they're only, I think it, they broke that stereotype of like, actually, we need human interaction. And that's what we're saying we need. Yeah. And I think it's just, 
as a as a church movement and stuff like we do need to navigate it's a tough situation that we're in but not forsaking the in-person because what i'm finding is like some people be like well i just don't want to meet in person i'm like i think being in person will actually solve the problem you're having Mm -hmm. like seeing other humans actually walking around and talking and being like you're actually real i think is huge um one of the last questions i want to ask you tom is um father to father what are some things that you would encourage a young dad like myself or even a young mother um like what are some things that we can start putting in practice now so as our kids go i'm about to have my third judah dean but he's gonna come out wearing a pair of jordans or something you know that's my dream (laughs) um so like what are some things that you know you've got one you know costin just graduated holt's already been in college but you've got laney and grayson coming up they're both Mm -hmm. juniors Mm -hmm. um what are some things that you can encourage parents of you know little kids like me or parents who have kids your age Mm -hmm. um what are some encouragement like thoughts that you have towards that besides like buckle up buttercup? <laughs> uh, well, you know what I, what I've noticed uh, is mm. um, the enemy loves to take God's blessings and make them burdens. Mm. So we got to be very Say careful. that again, Tom. I, I, seriously, I think that that was very, I think yeah. that was profound what you just said. He loves to take God's blessings and make them burdens. Well, okay. Yeah. And I noticed that with six kids, I remember Thank God, what are you doing? Yeah, right. It's chaotic. <laughs> right. you know? And uh, he said, Tom, they're blessings. Mm-hmm. And it was a total epiphany, you know? Wow. And it's like this, duh, does that make sense? Yeah, right, you know? <laughs> right. Like, but it's, so, it's, it's crafty yeah. how that works. Mm-hmm. And so we go through life realizing, man, it's tough, tough, tough. And well, step back again, big picture perspective. What else would you rather be doing? Yeah. What else would you rather have? I mean, yeah. I mean, look at this. I mean, then it's right. like, you're right. This is what I wanted. Right. This is it. Right. I said, okay. And that big perspective now helps me get get, yeah. get back in there. Uh, the other thing too is you know working really as a team. You know, um, even with the kids, without my wife Sherry involved in that at the level she is, she's way more re- relation with the kids and working mm-hmm. within them than than I am. And so two people together working on this is huge. Yeah, it's really huge. Yeah, you know, and having that is is really it's really significant. Um, being able to walk slide, be involved, yeah. and 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 connecting at a relational level mm-hmm. with the kids, particularly as they yeah. as they as they begin to get older. For so. someone who might be a single parent, what's a way that they can? I think it is true. Having both parents is is cr- critical. How can someone maybe who's a single parent? How can that shape to them or look like them? What's some thoughts that you have towards that? Well, it's very similar in the sense of it's relationally driven. Yeah, you guys understand. Kids kids need help figuring life out. Yeah. Things just don't happen automatically. Right. Okay. So people say, what do you mean by that? Well, I didn't have to teach my kids not to share. They right. just came out that way. Mine, mine. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, that would have yeah, been a lesson right. I would have left. Yeah. That I would have left out of all the lessons. Out. I'm leaving this one out. I'm leaving that one out. I'm leaving this not sharing, not listening. <laughs> this I'm doesn't not, work. That goes off the lesson right. plan. Right. But that's just how they come out. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and so to I think kids will automatically get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what life works that way. Right. Right. Okay, that just automatically gets better. Yeah. Uh, they just don't. So we have to engage. We have to be a part of that. Yeah. We have to relate and have that relationship. Yeah. And it's not about perfection. So even the single parent with the adolescent who's getting in trouble, having a hard mm-hmm. time, seems to be struggling. Yeah. We start to think of ourselves, boy, this is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. So it's how do we relate? How do we yeah. engage? How do we be a part of their lives? Because it's not about perfection. Right. There's ups and downs all through life. Right. You know, it just is. I yeah. wish life was just straight this way, straight up. It It'd be so much way. easier. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's like this. Right. You know, but so yeah. how do we just do that? How we walk through that together? That's so good. Good times, tough times. And so people say, well, I feel like I'm handicapped. Only one parent. No, no. It's just how do you relate? How do you connect? 
yeah. walk the journey. Because mm-hmm. I have some stories of kids who grew up in single parent homes that just adore their parent. Yeah. Love them. Just thought they were the best. Wow. Nothing to do with the ups and downs. They just knew they were there for them. Yeah. They knew they were willing to talk and willing yeah. to share with wow. them. That's what they take away as adults. Yeah. That experience. That's so good. Well, Tom, I just feel like you could just pray the Father's blessing over parents. Um, so would you just look in this camera right behind me and, and just bless whoever's watching, and then we're going to play game five for five, and then we'll end today's podcast. Absolutely. Let me pray. Lord, I just mm-hmm. pray for every parent mm-hmm. uh, listening, whether the children are at home or not, that you give them the favor of the Father's heart, Lord. Give mm-hmm. them wisdom. Give them insight. Give them perspective, Lord. They know it's from you. It's almost they can see through your eyes what they need to do and how to do it in such a way that empowers, encourages, Lord, uh, builds relationships, Lord, that exceed their expectation. Because you are a father of relationship, Mm -hmm. Lord. You're a father that loves and adores and that loves us on who we are, not on what we do. And Lord, I pray that over each parent watching this now. And we Mm -hmm. just bless in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're about to play game five for five. I'm going to say five words. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> if we have to edit this out. Oh, yeah, right. Free, <laughs> free association. Right. Here okay. we go. First word is Sherry. Strong. Okay. Second word is family. Comfort. Um, third word is going to be the vineyard. It's two words, but. Vineyard. Oh, vineyard. Yeah. Vineyard, oh, yeah. yeah. vineyard for one. Um, yeah. Home. Home. Okay. Um, sports. Bears. And the last one I got to ask is because she, she, she's crazy, Lainey. <laughs> oh, Sherry. <laughs> I love it, Tom. Thank you so much oh, for joining us. Man. Hey, thank you guys for watching. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that now. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, subscribe there. Share it with a friend if this blessed you. I know it blessed me. I'm going to go back and watch it because I need to be a better parent. So we love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Peace out. Peace <laughs> out.